everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show, rich in the world of Halloween specials done in an appropriate time frame to the actual holiday. I still don't believe it. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanis. I'm Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ippolito. We, you know what? We should start doing spooky Halloween names like they do on Twitter. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Ray Skeletonist. Oh, that was good. Here's the thing. Right, when, when the Simpsons started doing it in, what, 1990 or whatever, uh-huh. it was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And now, 30 years later, you're like, Jesus Christ, would you please stop? Oh, why of, do you, you hate joy? All of the good, oh, it says you. I believe last week we firmly established that you are the joy killer here. No, no. Hamtaro is a spreader of of misery. So if I hate it. was a bad it, show. It means that I'm on the right side of history. Pretty joyful as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Uh, and I'm joined by Robert Spooky Chan. Whoa, whoa. Spook? Really? Really? I said spooky. Right into the racism there, huh? Wait a minute. I said spooky. This is a normal word for Halloween. This is, um, it's not the reason why I I don't. Oh, oh, you want me to bring the other two K's for you, Ray? Mr. Grand (laughs) Wizard. Jesus, what is happening? Um, I don't like it just because like all the, all the good ones have been taken and now it's just such a overdone thing. It's like, uh, I don't know. Are, you're, are you really pulling one of those I liked it before it was cool snob things? What are you, 80 years old, boomer? No, I don't have, I, I will admit that I do not have the creativity to come up with a cool one for myself. That's why I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. I don't change my name. I still appreciate when other people change oh. theirs. What's I got yours? it. What's what? What's yours, Gina? No, I said I didn't change mine. What is it, though? What's it going to be? You're you're such a big proponent of this. Let's hear what you got. I'm Gina. Uh, mass gravesite under the house, Ippolito. I like it. Really no different than usual. I got wow. one for Chan, though. This are is you, good. Here we go. Are you saying that your house is on the site of like a, a Catholic school that taught uh, indigenous people? <sighs> That is Gina. That is I mean, horrifying. Chan. You know Our that Gina be... went out of town for a week and forgot to feed all the boys she has chained up in the basement. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not, it's not just grounds. indigenous people that are allowed to be buried underneath houses. It's also sex slaves of 20 something year old boys you. in basements. That doesn't Thank get you. nearly enough mainstream media play. I <laughs> I used to say I used to uh, uh, be against it, but now I'm I'm for uh, the mainstream media being a uh, cesspool <laughs> of filth and lies. <laughs> You guys, so here we go. Robert <laughs> Clark Chaney Jr. Robert Clark Chaney Jr. Like uh, that's Chaney kind Jr. of a, that's kind of a deep reference for you, Ray. See, well, I make I mean, deep references all the time. I just have to not make my deep video game references here because nobody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, no, no one cares. You didn't get to experience See? it, but when uh, Frankie Griffin was on. Boy, they an episode that has not even aired yet. They went deep, and it was uh really hasn't it was huh. has not aired yet. The Camp Candy episode coming in a few weeks after we get through this and GI Joe and Thanksgiving and Chris. It might air in 2023, honestly. But guys, <laughs> get ready when you see Camp Candy on the feed, you're gonna be delighted. Huh. Well, there you go. Me and Frankie uh, G making just solid deep cut video game refs at each other back and forth. 
I, I cannot sounds, wait for you to hear it. sounds terrible. Well, here's the thing. If you ever get fed up with Ray, just say like, I'm going to take a couple weeks off. We'll bring in Frankie. Ray will get it all out. And then when he comes back, it'll, it'll be true. like, uh, he's got nothing left. Mm. Well, we can get Frankie on with the three of us. And then just me and Frankie just riff back and forth while you guys, you know, go have a sandwich. I'm going to be gone that week. So what, I'm sorry. I can't help you. <laughs> God dang it. Anyway, the show that we're watching this week is a 1979 uh, primetime non-animated special called The Halloween That Almost Wasn't. I was not familiar with this, and I'm a little bit surprised that I was not familiar with this. Yeah. They don't really make things like this anymore. Yeah, I actually, like, while we were watching it, I was thinking, this seems like something that I totally would have, like, watched every Halloween growing up, uh, it, it aired on ABC. I, I checked to see if it was if it was streaming on Disney Plus. It's not, but there are several threads of people saying, like, I hope they stream it at some point. I hope they put it on there. And you know what? There's nothing offensive in it. So it's not like they it's not like no. they shouldn't put it on there. So I'm here to say Disney Plus put the Halloween that almost wasn't on there. I'll I'll throw that in my rotations every year. I kind of liked it. And- I would even add to what Gina just said. I did mild research for this, so <laughs> I didn't hate it. Um, but it it aired every single year during Halloween on the Disney Channel between the years of 1983 and 1996. Oh, That's wow. why I'm not familiar with it because I did years. not I did not have Disney Channel. It won an Emmy, Same. you guys, for outstanding it won individual an Emmy, by the way. Oh yes. my god! That was my other Hold in on. children's other, program. Outstanding individual achievement fact. in children's. Pro- but we're glossing over the craziest part of this, which is that it stars Judd Hirsch, who was yes. at this point on season two of Taxi. It's not like he was doing this for a paycheck. I okay, like I get. Um, why someone like that would do this although i i don't really know much about the 70s tv landscape i feel like it 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 was different and you know like um like maybe some of the actors were like contracted to do like this weird kind of junky stuff because i feel like there were there were some big names that ended up in this sort of thing and you look back at it now like why would ricardo monteblon be like the wizard of oz in this thing or whatever um because they're awesome. These were huge, though. Yeah, remember this is back when there were only like three channels. Yeah, and being on TV was worth a lot more than it really is now. I mean, not that being on TV is nothing now, but there's like nine billion channels. There's shows that will be critically acclaimed, starring famous people that you will actually have never heard of, even twenty years from now. You will not be aware of them because we're just so just overloaded with content right now. But back then, if you were in a primetime special. Uh, it meant you were a big time celebrity, quite honestly. Like it meant you made it. Yeah. And I thought this was, I thought this was cute. Like I thought, I thought, you know, maybe Judd Hirsch did this to show his kids or something. Also, Henry Gibson is Igor, Henry Gibson yep. from Laughing, from the Burbs, from a bunch of other stuff. So this I was, was like, say- they, this wasn't just some no name special. This was, they, they pulled out some of the big guns. I mean, it wasn't they necessarily no name, although, I mean, besides those two and Marriott Hartley, there are no other names. I mean, there's uh, only like five characters. You just named three yeah, famous people out of the five yes. characters. Yeah, but like the remainder, like some of them did, like the mummy and the uh, the zombie didn't even get cr- uh, credits in the opening. That's because like, I don't even think they speak. So Yeah, that's even he didn't worse. Speak. 
Uh, they could have been anybody. But the werewolf was Jack Riley, who was in all Mel Brooks's stuff. And Henry Gibson, for the people at home, because I did want to make note of this, since we're, we're if we leave, if I don't say it now, it'll never get said on the show because we're talking about him. But Henry Gibson, the part I remember him from was uh, two things. One, he was the priest in Wedding Crashers, a movie I actually just recently uh-huh. watched. Uh, and also, he plays a judge throughout basically all of the 90s and aughts before he unfortunately passed away in, I believe, 2009. Yeah. And so he played judges on, like, all, like, the Boston Legal, like, all all those kind of shows. He was a constant bring-em-on judge who was there to look old and incredulous at the wackiness happening in front of him. Like, he kind of found a gimmick there later in life. None of you are bringing up that he was a Nazi in the Blues Brothers. Which is oh not yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was going to say on no one, show. no one has brought up the fact that he was the voice of Wilbur and Charlotte's Web either. He's he's a national treasure. He works. He works. I, I think that this is going to be another thing that that Ray and I thought was fine, and Chan hates because he hates pretty much everything. Well, mm. before I reveal how uh, what I think of it, uh, you know, Chan, uh, we'll, we'll maybe we'll figure it out as we go along. Gina's already on the record as saying she liked this. I have not formed an opinion that I have stated yet. <laughs> yeah, th- uh, this is how we have to play things now, Chan, since you're such a contrarian. <laughs> we can't just say what we feel anymore because you've suppressed emotions with your fear mongering. Uh, yeah, that's how I parent, too. <laughs> I'm just practicing on y'all. Uh, I, 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 I just want to how you parent. Fear mongering is not the word I would use. <laughs> uh, um. I just wanted to like place this in its proper context because um, yeah, it is 1979 and, you know, kind of like with the, uh, the crown of bog, you know, you're like, well, you know, it is a product of its time. If it, if this came out in 2022, you'd be like, Oh dear God, burn this thing to the ground. Cause like, it's the, it's super cheap. They're, you know, uh, probably super using cheap. standing sets from like dark shadows or some shit. And uh, right. you know, uh, um, the writing is, is, it's vaudevillian it's vaudevillian writing yeah. it really is and it, it well it feels like it's like a cartoon from the 70s uh or yeah. possibly yes. 60s like a hanna-barbera style because there are a lot of jokes that you're like oh in a cartoon that would have played a little better because the physicality would have been a little tighter you know you would have been able to have like, like a big old splat or something like that you know uh um, i really like the commitment and like like i i like the fact that this is you're you're not just watching actors collecting a paycheck like judd hirsch is really going for it as dracula i will say he is going for it he uh, commits to this a hundred percent yeah judd hirsch and married hartley both are like gunning it and i appreciate that yeah it feels like, yeah it feels like uh when i'm watching snl oftentimes uh, they'll get like a big time movie actor on and they'll just stink up the joint. And it's because they're still trying to play to a movie camera and they don't have stage experience or they're not connecting it. And they're not, you know, using their stage skills. Um, but uh, it feels like like Judd Hirsch is the kind of guy who did a lot of stage. Married Hartley, you know, like, uh, well, that and uh, s- sitcoms, multicam sitcoms, they would kind of have that feel. Uh, and they definitely, they work for me. Yeah. 
And the writer of this, Coleman Jacoby, because I wanted to look him up uh, real quick just to see what his deal is. He's he's an old-timey uh, sitcom writer, wrote on just all kinds of different uh, sitcoms. He wrote on award shows. Uh, one of the interesting things he wrote on was, uh, where was it? Danny Thomas's special, The Wonderful World of Burlesque in 1965. <laughs> wow. Uh, weirdly enough, though, this was the last thing that he ever wrote. Oh. He had, his previous th- his previous was like ten years before, so they must have pulled him out of mothballs to uh, to 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 write this. Um, but he because he was born in 1915, so yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say yeah. though that if if like the last thing he wrote was something that ran for ten years every Halloween on the Disney Channel, that's pretty cool. It's not bad. I kind of wonder if yeah. it wasn't something that um, he'd written for something else like a kid's show 10 years earlier kind of got mothballed and then like uh, at some point they're like oh we have to um fulfill our education commitment so let's um let's throw together something that we can you know put on um halloween night oh you got you got yeah we'll take this script and we'll yeah our, our i actually i believe the producer called him up and said we got the hirsch <laughs> Yeah, or like another writer took a stab at it and did a bad job, and so they called in this guy to give it a rewrite. Uh, Passes some script doctoring, really cram the jokes in there. Just <laughs> Every I time mean, look, I think I'm out, they pull me back in. For 1979, like this is, I, I'm like five year old Gina would have been would have been probably into this. I mean, Wait, here's are you saying you were born in 1974 because I know no, you I'm just saying like if it aired 1979 to what did you say 1990 something 1983 uh, to 1996 they they pulled it out yeah I'm saying at some point like five years old I think would be like okay. a good age to watch this and you were born in 91 which means that right in its last year when you were five years old in 1996 uh-huh uh-huh yeah this tracks this tracks. yeah uh I'm just like my general feel of this is that this is perfectly acceptable for its time. Yeah. Um, what makes me sad is that it won an Emmy and was nominated <laughs> Emmy the others, which tells you about the level of quality of uh, children's programming well, back in that day. To be fair, Chan, it won. Here's the deal. It's very specific. It won a primetime Emmy for children's programming. Back then, there was not a lot of children's programming yeah. in prime time. Yeah, so it would have sure. been this and like a Charlie Brown special, right? Like that's, that's it. It's only seasonal. Uh, they don't put kids stuff in prime time in 1979, so the pickings were probably very slim. If yeah, it makes you feel better for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, but let's let's talk about it because yeah, the first the literal first thing that appears on screen says Judd Hirsch as Dracula. And I went, Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you guys are right. He goes for it. Yeah. Like, it's, I, it like, is silly. He's it's vaudevillian. I think he's good. I think like he's, he's doing everything he can with what he's given and with the limitations of the production. And that's the most you can expect. Yeah. He commits, he commits just enough uh, to make me happy. You know, he isn't nodding and winking at the camera the whole time. He is trying to like be Dracula and you know what? Great. I think he, he's perfectly acceptable as one of 9,000 people that have played Dracula. One of which I would have never guessed Judd Hirsch. Here's the thing. Um, in 2022, it is really hard for me to listen to his perfectly acceptable Transylvanian accent because <laughs> and or the relentless from what we do in shadows who has yes. completely 
he that is his. Anybody else comes to it, they're gonna be like, "Oh man, that just sounds like a cheap version of Nandor." Uh, yeah. So yeah, you're like, it was good, but then also like, woof. Yeah. How are you simultaneously a grumpy old man and an insufferable Gen Xer? I mean, <laughs> I've been this way since I was 16 years old, Gina. Yeah. This is He's been a grumpy new. Gen Xer, yeah, since he was a kid, I'm sure. I've seen the pictures. There's no way he Wait, wasn't. I meant Before... like a grumpy I meant like a grumpy Gen Zer. I didn't mean a grumpy Gen Xer. You're simultaneously oh, oh. an old man and a grumpy Gen Zer. Well, I mean, grumpiness knows no temporal bounds. So, <laughs> fact. I am everywhere and nowhere. At all at once. It's a good movie. Um, so, uh, we sit down, and I know it's going to be silly because Igor is sitting down to watch the nightly news. With Hold on. A, Do you think that name uh, of the movie is everything, everywhere and nowhere all at once? Well, for the purposes of that joke, yes. <laughs> it took me a hot second to figure out what the reference was because you said it like it was a joke and we were supposed to laugh. There was, of course, dead silence because it wasn't a good joke. And then I finally it finally clicked with me that like, oh, he's talking about everything, everywhere, all at once, which is... And then like a goddamn professional, I moved on with the show and yet you're dragging us back to discuss my failures. Because Thanks, Chan. that's what I'm a professional at. I mean, that's pointing that out other people's foibles because just like fair. Gen Z, they're not going to let you forget any misstep you've ever made. So prepare no, for a chance to bring this up one. for the next 80 years. Listen, do you know how many tweets I had to delete <laughs> <laughs> when it came time to get hired again? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it turns out that Ray circa 2009 was kind of a dickhead online. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? I'm shocked that you only just got around to deleting your tweets instead of have been doing it systematically for the past six years. Gina, I, I wasn't a TV writer. There was really no reason for me <laughs> to do so. When you're working in the um, tech industry, like, it's pretty hard not to get hired because of your tweets. It's true. They're actually some, some of those companies look for bad tweets, so they know you'll fit in. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, Igor's eating popcorn out of like a, uh, uh, what would you describe? Like a torch holder? Like a fancy sort of uh, giant chalice, but it's not really. Yeah. No, it's just like a little platter on a stand. Yeah, but that's not a normal thing you would eat popcorn out of, Gina, yeah, of unless I'm mistaken. Not, but, but you're making it sound cooler than it was. It was just like, you know, like a little a mounted platter on a stand. I think it's a fun little, fun little thing. They could have just had him eat like it that. out of a bowl, but he's eating it out of some sort of like something that would be hanging around a vampire's house. Yeah. It, it definitely feels like something, something that was improvised, uh, you know, at the uh, on set. They're like, Oh, you know what? Well, how about yeah. just eat the popcorn out of, you know, that set piece there. Like, Oh Jesus, you're really <laughs> the set director is going to flip because that's like a 200 year old platter. Don't don't. I'm going to do it. I mean, it's going to be funny. Trust Let's me. It's going to be funny. And yeah, the pacing of this is slow. Like it is 30 minutes and it feels like 30 minutes. It's I not mean, 30 minutes. There were many there's, times. There's sweet, sweet commercials mixed in there. It's, we'll, it's like, well, we'll get it's to the, like 25 minutes with commercials. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, to be fair, Kenner is our sponsor and we're getting no less than six 
Kenner ads. Oh, I love during it. The I love show. it so much. And we will it be talking about every single one of them. Yes. Now uh, we, also, we, we get you, to learn about dr- if you if you yes. watch the video that we posted that that we watched uh, that YouTube channel has a whole bunch of other stuff that was oh, yeah. apparently recorded on VHS off that uh, channel in Chicago. And they just like at least some of them. I don't know all of them. Maybe all of them have the the original commercials in there, and it is a throwback. It is something else. Yeah, I love it. I we should just we should do an episode that's just commercials from the eighties, like toy commercials from the eighties. Let's put that on the Patreon. Hell yeah, Patreon. Um. So okay. Well, we learn about Dracula's character because he comes in. And there's like wind noise coming from the window and he just turns to the window and shouts quiet. And then the window closes. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of funny. It's a funny yeah, bit. It's kind of funny. Um, it f- also I will say the, pe- the first time I thought that felt like in uh, a cartoon joke that would have been yep. a, a little. Oh, there's a lot of those. It would have it read a little bit better because you would have been able to see like the little swirly lines going whoop. And popping away, you know. I thought it might be because I was thinking of laughing because of Henry Gibson, but I thought it seemed like a Muppet Show laughing type bit. Yep, like like on a stage type of thing that you're out towards the audience. That's what I thought of that bit. But yeah, I thought it was. I thought you know him eating popcorn out of a weird thing and yelling at the window. I thought they're they're off to a pretty pretty decent 1979 start here. They're setting the stage for what we're about to see. Like we're going to basically this sets the tone for everything else. And it did a good job of setting that tone. I thought Um, Dracula is calling a press is calling a conference. He's calling all the monsters to Transylvania to his castle. Weirdly local news media. He didn't call the conference and it took me a while to figure out just what was going on because Oh, he did. I thought he still did. Says that he called a conference, mm-hmm. and rumor is that Halloween's going to be over. And right. Dracula responds that with like, "What is this rumor? What's going on? Oh shit! Everybody's showing up my house. Uh, I better get ready." Which is oh, I, mean, I thought this was like an annual thing that they do, and the witch leaks something saying at his annual meeting that he has every year he's going to announce it, that Halloween is canceled. So I thought he knew that they were showing up, uh, but he didn't know yeah, that that the discussion was going to be had. I mean, he had something to say to them when they arrived, like something planned out to say, and it is a ritual that they yeah, do. Yeah. So I, I got. I still, I was of the belief that he did call the meeting, uh-huh. but was surprised to hear that there would be no more Halloween as a result, because obviously he doesn't want that. So I just wrote down here, why would anybody, why would you jump to that conclusion? Now, they do answer it in the story later, and I was glad that they did, because in this moment of the show, I'm like, this makes no goddamn sense at all. He clearly doesn't want to cancel Halloween. Why does everybody keep saying it? No, well, because, the, because there's there's uh, there's uh, uh, there's some shenanigans afoot. I understood right. all of no. this. We I understood have... that he normally has a meeting. We... I understood that the that that someone leaked it to try and make him look bad. We have definitive proof because we have the audio. We can just listen to it. We now bring you a special report from the Transylvania News Department. Count Dracula has ordered the world's leading monsters to come to his castle immediately. This conference on the night before Halloween only confirms the rumor from an unimpeachable source 
that Halloween is in danger of disappearing forever. Oh, no more Halloween. He, so they say that he has called a meeting. No, but what's the, what's the next thing? Cause the next thing he says makes it sound like he's, he's used to this annual meeting every year, but. Of course it isn't so. Who could have started such a rotten rumor? Who knows what impact this will have on tiny tots all over the globe. That I have an exclusive interview. Yeah, that's. Yeah, the meeting isn't the surprise. It's the idea that an unimpeachable source said there would be no more Halloween. It didn't say anything about there being a regular meeting. It said he has called a meeting. But doesn't but like in the in the next scene when he's talking about like everyone's going to be here any second, that's when it sounds like oh this is just a normal gathering that they always have. I mean that's what I got out of it because they the were already news, there in Transylvania. The, the news is saying they're showing up, and that's why he's saying oh we got to get ready. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, you got to get ready for your meeting. Look, let's uh, let that. Uh, this is pedantic. Let's talk about some ads. What Wait, do you hold think? on. How dare you? Pedantic <laughs> is why I'm here. <laughs> You, you shutting my shit down? You saying just be quiet? Don't do the thing that you're here to do? How dare you, sir? So let's talk about commercials because this whole thing was sponsored by Kenner. So they have two commercials in every one of three ad slots for a total of six commercials, and they're all different. And I'm excited. First off, so at a time when each commercial break was only two commercials long, like I I wanted more commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was. That was three minutes of commercials in a 30-minute block. And now we're down to, what, uh, nine minutes of commercials? Yeah, nine minutes, yep. It's a lot. It's a lot of commercials. Um, unless you pay for Hulu with no commercials. I do not. I also I do. do not. Guys, how? what is your time worth? Literally, every time you watch a half-hour show, they're adding at least nine minutes of commercials onto your life. Yeah. That's when so, you get up and clean and do, di- do a dish and then go back what? to the couch and sit down just in time. Ooh, no, that's you, single you life. Pa- that's something you guys, Gina, you understand you could just pause the show you're on and go do those things. Come back and unpause it. And not no, have to this deal way with it's like all. a fun game. Like how many dishes can I do not in fun. the minute that it says I have, this is a in the three hours that we watched programs. We have t- time to watch a bonus program just through saving time by not watching the ads like one program a night extra. That is worth the extra. Let me check four dollars a month. It costs. I barely watch Hulu as it is. I'm not paying an extra four bucks. That's the, that's the, always the last one I go to. Now that we are a two income household, I'm kind of thinking I might do that. Like this is. This is what you call hot dog millionaire money when you're not a millionaire, but you can afford all of the hot dogs that you want. You get all the toppings you desire. Yes, we can. We Um, can spend four dollars a month for every subscription service to get the commercials taken off. We could do that. That's how I knew uh, that I I wasn't poor anymore. Can I tell you is when we went, I went to like Taco Bell and as I was placing the order. I wasn't figuring out the dollar total as I was adding items during the order in my head. (laughs) Once I stopped doing that, I realized I'm middle class. We made it. (laughs) Feels pretty good, don't it? It's it's not a bad feeling. I'll say that. Uh, But this first ad, we all want this product, right? Remote radio controlled R2D2. So you had a remote control, Chan, big technology for Hell 1979. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could make it go around the house bleeping and blooping Hell and yeah. turn. And it was amazing. 
and it could go near a mirror and your child could be like, no, that was weird. That kid freaked the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah, actually, he was so over the top. Look out, dad. Oh, no. And then dad's like, I'm just going to turn right and keep going. How did I raise a son this awful? Let go of the trigger and it's going to be fine. You know, man, yeah, Gen Xers, we're screwed up, man. Um, but yeah, I would have bought that. At first, I was just like, I'm going to want to buy every single one of these products. And then I'm the sure like hit, in, in 2022 money, that thing's like a $190. Yeah. I was going to guess $139 in, uh, no. in, in, I mean, that, that's, that was, that's the kind of thing that you would buy. Like, you know, like you got these, uh, McFarlane, uh, toys. Yeah. And these action figures are like $50 each now. Yeah. You know, that that's the equivalent of what this is, you know, I, I don't know. It's fine. But the second item, Betty Crocker juicer slash blender was Ooh. juicing and blending new in 1979 because they sure acted like it. Uh, I Well, I imagine it was new for a child's toy because like a genuine blender, Fair. you can't give them that because it's chopped their damn hands off. Oh, yeah. They'll um, get injured immediately. But yeah, this, this thing is cool. Is so basic. I love it. I would have loved this when I was little. I remember seeing Easy Bake Oven commercials and being like, holy shit, I want that. And then like as an adult being like, I get that there's only a light bulb in there. I still want it. I get that this is just a thing stirring instant puddings. I want it. I I wanted this too. Yes. Yes, I wanted it. I very much think this is something that looks exciting on TV. And then once you get it, it like does absolutely nothing. What? Nothing what kind of toys were you getting when you were a kid? Who's disappointed toys by like toys? This. Uh, poor toys, fucking cheap ass toys. Sorry, <laughs> Miss Queen of Booton Township. Some of <laughs> Look, us didn't I had, have big. I got plenty toys. of poor toys. I just know. I just had something called imagination and wonderment. And Wait, you're did gonna... you imagine the pudding coming together? Is that what I'm figuring right now? And then I'm washing saying, it. Oh, I'm sorry. Thing... You could wash your blender during commercials. That must have been <laughs> such fun for young Gina. Jesus Christ. Uh, you're the one who who was a child who hated toys. So oh, I think no. I think no, one of us here is normal. I was jealous of toys because I didn't get any of the cool ones. You know, hate what you cannot receive. Mm. Uh, that's that's uh, a common tactic. Uh, but also, but also for little moms. <laughs> I heard that. It made oh, me laugh. Yes. I, I, even even the sexism. I even enjoyed the sexism. Because <laughs> <laughs> the boy one was like, "Hey, Dad, let's go around and fuck shit up with our robots." And the other one's just like, "Mom, can we make a smoothie?" Mm. Yeah, they didn't have I love technology can. back then, but yes, we can. Future mom. <laughs> yeah i i thought this was hilarious this was some great comedy i loved everything about this i want to buy it and then be a baking mom (laughs) except i don't actually want kids around i just want the smoothie for myself yeah i was gonna say you're not not involving kids in this at all i know it better than that (laughs) no speaking of great comedy let's introduce the other monsters ah we Hmm. got the wolf man who did a bit that i could not comprehend whatsoever what the bit was maybe i I thought he just walked in no the bit was in and they did a routine yeah, he he is half dog, and he is constantly trying to uh, keep himself from doing dog things. Oh, uh, that the bit? And there, I mean, there's a bit, there's a bit coming up where he's like, "Why did you shame on you for taking that uh, endorsement deal with the razor?" And I was like, "That's a that's hilarious. That's a solid bit. Yeah, yeah that's a good bit. I'm telling you, all the all the things in here are working for me." 
It was fine. I, that bit was fine. Frankenstein comes in and he's shamed his uh, his race by becoming a tap dancer. Is that what I got out of it? He really likes. Uh, yeah, he he. No. They, they say later, ever since you saw that movie, which obviously they're referring to Young Frankenstein, yes. uh, which again oh. is hilarious to me that Frankenstein's monster watched Young Frankenstein and decided he needed to take up dancing. Like that's a good that's bit. Funny. Also, I, I didn't realize. That young Frankenstein had that much uh, cultural cachet that they could oh, be in a yeah. children's cartoon and uh, people would get it. Like, yeah, I thought this. Get. I thought this was funny. He was like, "Do you know any new moves?" And he does like kind of a crappy dance. I think it's. I think it's yeah. hilarious that monsters are watching movies about themselves and then like doing things in their life because of those those movies. Uh, yeah, and when we, I mean, we'll get to that bit, but I do like this sort of genuine world building of, of the monster world there where, you know, he, we're talking about that. We can talk about what we get there, but yeah. Let's yes, talk about uh, absolutely. from, uh, uh, from tropical Haiti, uh, King of the living dead, Zabar, the zombie, uh-huh. uh, who's white, but whatevs. Um, you know, it was a different world back then, Robert Clark Chan. I'm just happy more- that they didn't try to have somebody from India in there because it would have not been good. The more racist thing is the fact that he's got a This guy's got a name. He's the king of, you know, of zombies and all that. Uh, he's, yeah. uh, and from Egypt, the mummy. And the there mummy. are yeah. so many mummies mummy. in Egypt. Royalty and rich people were all mummified. No, this is a mummy who he he copyrighted that. Like he like yes, there are a ton of mummies. Oh, but he was the one that got in first. Yeah, it's like like Pitbull being like, I'm Mr. Worldwide. And it's like, can you just call yourself that? This is a mummy who like went and was like, I would like to name myself the mummy. And they were like, Oh, are you sure there's a lot of mummies? He's like, Not anymore, bitch. Now I can sue. So this is like an Elon Musk's type situation where like he didn't invent anything. He was just the one that got to the patent office first and was like, yep. yes, are y'all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I can respect yeah, that. I, I can see the mummy actually bought himself into mummy incorporated and then pushed everybody else out and claimed he invented mummies or this rather, self, I, suspect, I suspect he franchised, you know, he was like, Hey, mm. hey cut. you know what? I'm going to get a piece of that uh, world tour that you're doing right there. Because I'm the mummy. <laughs> yeah, this I uh, this mummy is a total narcissist, I think, and I I'm here for it. <laughs> I just I love he's just playing uh, he's just playing extra games uh, this entire time. Yeah. he's just reacting how everyone around him's reacting. <laughs> he clearly can't fucking see in this costume, and it doesn't <laughs> matter. And they don't does, ask him to do much of anything. Yeah, his bit his recurring bit is that he falls down. Like that's it. Yeah. That's that's it. It's not, not sure even a really a good, like a huge pratfall or anything. It's just every once in a while, I was just like, oop, he trips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, the witch, uh, who, like, I'm watching it as she comes in, and I'm just like, okay. Mm-hmm. The Lion right, Queen of Halloween. Again, mm-hmm. totally committed to this. Totally committed to this, this character. I'm here for it. I, I dig it. Yeah. And we do uh, what I thought was a bit that worked, the bat window gag, where Dracula yeah. shows up as a bat to the meeting, but the window is closed, so he slaps himself on the uh, <laughs> on the window and then turns into a human who's stuck to the window. And then and he he's got a good Igor, face. Like, he, this is great. He, he has a good, Judd Hirsch has a good smushed, surprised face. Yeah, this he made did. me chuckle. You know what? He as, 
as, as someone who's like, you know, uh, uh, willing to drill down into this, I would rather have seen the face where you put your uh, face face forward onto the glass and then blow into your cheeks. So they'll blow up real big. And then you oh, have like right. a huge O mouth uh, against the glass. That's the no, one that I, I like want for, for this. He went for side smush. Yeah. And it just doesn't it doesn't play as well for me. The side smush. Oh, I like I like a good side smush. I know that you do, Gina. I have heard that from um, numerous okay. former paranoids of yours. Hey, everybody. Hi, it's Smush. That's, awesome. that's, that's what you call all of your uh, extra boyfriends. Your side Smush. Wait, we haven't. Nobody's checked out OnlyFans.com slash side Smush. <laughs> I thought that was a known thing by now. Dude, you know what? I anyway. would go look to see if someone has done that, except I don't want that in my history. So. <laughs> no. I'm trying. I was trying. It didn't work. I tried. Uh, I, I look, see what you're doing there. Judd Hirsch has a great speech here about how each one of them in their own way has exploited monsterhood. And yes. now they no longer fear you. They are laughing at you. And they're mm-hmm. like, is this why you're going to cancel Halloween? He's like, fuck, no, that's not a thing, everybody. I'm just mad at you. <laughs> and I'm like, that's good. I like that. I like where we're going here. But this is when we turn it around and we learn the plot. Also, I will say that yes. uh, this this is also indicative of the time because you've got uh, Gilligan's Island where basically the skipper like beats the shit out of Gilligan on a regular basis. It is, it is abusive and, like, work relationship. Yes. In this one, he's like, uh, you know, like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck you up, Igor, for doing that to me. And then he like stomps on Frankenstein's foot, and you know, like I'm not saying that this is like, oh, how dare he. But it's just sort of uh, how the tone of comedy has changed, where like a sort of mean, domineering, physical bullying like that isn't as funny as it used to be. It used to be just like an automatic laugh, like he's stomping on Frankenstein's foot. He's showing him who's boss. Uh, and well, when I know, watch this, like, is, eh. this is learning comedy from the Three Stooges and slapstick. And this was a whole thing. We don't really do slapstick anymore in live action because, you know, violence is kind of horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that violence can't be funny god willing i've laughed at enough youtube videos um or, uh, but you know I, violence doesn't slap comedically the same way it used to uh, which is weird because back in the 70s it was a way more violent time period than it is now and maybe that's the point crime is down everybody i don't know if you guys know this crime has <laughs> been going down year after year after year with the exception of what was it to uh, uh, 2021 where yeah, it went up because it can't go down anymore. Be- when after the year, nobody left their house. <laughs> that is not math. It's like it's like uh, you're, you know, the company wants you to grow your sales forever forward. Yep. But that's not how life works. Uh, yep. The year after everyone stayed inside because of a global raging pandemic that was mismanaged. Um, uh, people started going outside again and committing violence more so than they were doing in the comfort of their own home by themselves. So yes, but crime is generally down since the seventies and it's down by a lot. So my point is, I don't know what my point is. My point is that there was a lot of violence (laughs) then and people found violence hilarious. Now there's not as much violence. It's, it's much more rarely seen. So it is shocking to imagine it comedically these days. Yeah, it's, um, I don't want to call it a lost art because I, I don't really miss it. I think that a lot of slapstick started to die off with um, uh, Home Alone because that was like a genuinely cartoon level of violence done in live action. 
And I hated it. I hated Home Alone. For the most part, I, I think in general, most people like Home Alone for that reason. In general, most people love Home Alone. I am an outlier yeah. on this and I know it. I also hate Home Alone. Um, mostly God. for that reason. Gina, are Gina, you, you must love Home Alone based I on our do. formula. I do. I love it yeah. so much. I watch it every okay. year. Gina December. is a hateful person who likes pain. Likes doling out pain. I'm sorry. Ugh, you guys are fucking pussy ass snowflakes if you can't even handle a little Joe Pesci violence. <laughs> well, we both like wrestling and you don't. So it it, it, yeah. it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm trying to find some meaning behind it and I'm having trouble. Um, I'm just having we'll, trouble. We'll leave it to Twitter to figure out uh, who's right in this or uh, in what way culture has devolved or evolved. I would say evolved. I think we're a better per- people for for not finding the Three Stooges funny. I think I think it was a necessary oh, evolutionary step for us as, as, a, as a human race. Oh my God, the Three Stooges are some of the least. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> I have never in my entire life been a fan of the Three Stooges. I find it uh, unwatchable. It's just it's just adult men punching each other. Yeah, what it, what the I hell did you that, watch? I'd watch what, wrestling. what the hell did you watch with your with your dad when you were little and you would bond on the couch and sit and and do like dad kid TV time? I It's didn't so have weird that. because I don't ever remember sitting there. I remember mm. watching football with my dad. We never no. watched. I don't remember. We didn't watch a ton of stuff together. We watched the Muppet Show together. That was great. Um, and and then he got really into anime like uh, twenty years ago. And I did. And that's when I quit liking anime. Maybe it's related. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. God, I all don't right. have no all the answers. Idea about this aspect of race that came. I didn't. History, and I, didn't I think love about it. Either. No, my dad got really, my dad, you know what was uh, when I, he, he was not interested in anime whatsoever. And then one day I was, he was sleeping on the couch allegedly. And I came in and I watched some Dragon Ball Z and I watched a couple episodes of the Ginyu Force Dragon Ball Z, right? We all know and love this, this air aspect of that saga. And then I ended, my dad forever was like, I'm not interested in this. I don't want to watch this. I'm not interested in this. I watched two episodes of Ginyu Force and turned it off. My dad, who has apparently been awake, he says like, what are you doing? Why are you stopping that? <laughs> Why, I want to see more. And then he just got immediately into anime for the rest of his life that day. This Weird. is just it, like my story when I was like 10 years old and I got to watch the Kentucky Fried movie because I was oh, like wow. sick on the couch. And um, like my uncle had rented it for the whole family to watch. Started watching it. Get to Catholic high school girls in trouble. It was like, whoops, this was a mistake. But we'll just power through and pretend like it's not a thing and just don't worry about it. And, I'm, and then at the end of the movie, I was like, can I watch that again? He's like, no. Like, no, no. I just I just want, you know, like the, the, the Bruce Lee part was really funny. You know, I just like, you know, just comedy. It was like, no. So I had to find it for myself years later. Uh, so, I mean, boobies. Again, this is the equivalent of when my dad rented me uh, heavy metal when I was 13 years old. <laughs> 13 seems like what, a fine age for heavy metal, it, I'm going to oh, be honest. It, it was a fine age for heavy metal, <laughs> I will tell you that firsthand. Uh, Here's and- the problem. <laughs> it's kind of like why I don't show my kid Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right now, because um, he will enjoy it too much. And, you know, we, we can just wait. But that's the wait. thing, though. My, my dad had only seen the heavy metal that they showed on broadcast television. So uh, apparently he thought the movie was only about 22 minutes long. 
and didn't have any of the things any me of and the you things. and you know was in heavy metal. He just thought, <laughs> oh, there's this World War One plane sequence with skeletons that's pretty fun. <laughs> and that's all he thought heavy metal was. Oh. And meanwhile, I'm watching cocaine fueled alien, you know, <laughs> and just and just sex. Ever, just uh, big boobs just oh, flying yeah. everywhere on screen and i'm like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen and i came downstairs i remember after watching it i was just like <laughs> heavy metal huh and my dad's like yeah yeah you like the skeletons in the airplane i was like yeah that's memorable <laughs> yep that's among other things he's sure. like he's like oh was there was there other stuff in there that's like he's like i only i only saw it on broadcast television i go this all tracks this all makes sense now <laughs> and now i'll be going back to my room I'm going to go watch it again. And perhaps Don't more. bother me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, you guys. Ray and I are going to make so Lord. many mistakes when our kids get old enough for us to make those oh, really man. big mistakes. I am so glad I don't have a son. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Gina, what age did you watch Heavy Metal? Um, I don't remember. Like last month? Yeah, I've been, I've been, ha- I haven't had it on repeat since last month. It was the first time I ever saw okay. a boob last you month. Know, there are plenty of places where you can see more boobs. What? For free. Where? No, you know what? what? I don't, I don't want to get into Stop this because I don't have enough time in the day to just be looking at boobs. <laughs> I assure you, you do. Because <laughs> I do. Jesus. Oh we all, There are plenty of people who have figured out how to make that time. Sometimes it's not appropriate. Sometimes they'll be doing it on a Zoom call. Shouldn't do it then. But, uh, you know, once you've made sure that the camera's off. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Speaking of off, the witch wants to quit. And uh, she's the one who planted the rumor. We're moving forward. She hates being a witch. And she has a list of demands for Dracula and says, you know, I'm going to be the poster child of Halloween. And I want you to be nicer to us. You're not really the boss. We just have listened to you up to this point. And I'm not really sure why. What do you actually bring to the table? And, and Dracula is like, you know what? F your demands. And the witch is like, fine. And we have a hilarious sequence where she escapes the house and everybody's let's, trying to chase her and they're all in doorways. And we got to talk about this because at this point, yeah. when she says, like, I've had enough of this, I got a list of demands. She whips out this huge long list because, you know, again, it's a it's a cartoon gag that uh, doesn't play quite as well in real life, especially when Correct. it turns out she only has three demands. I need that huge ass long list to write that down. She's got three demands. It's fine. (laughs) How big Uh, is her handwriting? That's what I want to know. It's actually big enough that I could almost read it. So I was like, well, uh, seriously, just use paper. Just use paper. Um, You know what? I'm on her side here. She's the only woman in this in this monster club. She is like arguably, you know, if you if if someone is drawing, if you're a kid and you're drawing a picture of Halloween, 
you're going to, I think witch might be the first thing you draw. Uh, definitely vampire is going to be on there too. And then probably mummy and wolfman, but witch is right up there. And if you're saying that Halloween can't happen without her specifically flying over the that moon on her broomstick, she's at least as important to merit putting on the poster, which is basically what she's asking. She's saying, let me share the headline with you. Let me let it be Dracula and the witch, not Dracula. And then tiny, tiny letters. Also the witch. Well, two things. One, she demands to be replaced and she makes specific note that she will replace him on the posters. Um, oh, I thought she wanted to at the end. Doesn't she say like we share the poster? No, they share the uh, leadership of the monster world. Oh, but she yeah. wants to be on the posters. She wants to uh, be on the That's T-shirt. Alert. Um, but I thought <laughs> she's saying like, in addition to him, right? No. Uh, oh. Very specifically. Oh. My picture replaces yours on the official posters and souvenir T-shirts of Transylvania. The T-shirts. There goes my I love that joke too. What did he say? There goes what? There goes my big bucks. <laughs> like he knows what in 1979, we know yeah. what the fuck merchandising potential it's all about is. the merch. Yeah, this is uh, funny. I think but, she should she sort of offered to split the merch. I don't I don't agree with he's the Transylvanian. It's his home. I don't agree with kicking him off of that. Well, the reason why but. is because she has a fucking point. I was definitely 100 percent with her on this. Um, like she is actually doing work. He's getting all the acclaim. He's getting all the money and all that. And it should be distributed uh, more equitably. Uh, but they did need to make her sort of the villain of this piece. That's why she suggests why she says replace. Um, yeah. But it's also kind of weird that they still couldn't go that step of like making her the boss of the monster world or like president or CEO or whatever. That'd be like, we will co-lead because God forbid a woman yeah. lead anything in 1979. Please. Look, I'm not against a woman leading the world of the monsters, just not that one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, her, her emails, right? We all know about her oh, emails. Oh, God, her emails. Terrible. I'm, Terrible. They're all written out on giant long cloth scrolls in a huge font that Terrible. could have been done much smaller. 72, 72, which that's too big. That's too big. Uh, anyway, so we go to, uh, so she escapes and uh, he chases after her. Dracula cha as a bat chases after her and she makes a very astute point of, I mean, well, you can keep chasing me, but like sun's coming up in 30 minutes. And I know that's bad news for you if you don't get home. So maybe stop chasing me. He's like, F, you're right. So he flies on back and we get the door gag number two. Uh -huh. As he's flying, he says, this door is always left open for me. Crash. And what's, I'll just spoil it right now. We don't do it a third time. <laughs> yeah. That what was a, the F everybody. I mean, there's another th part where he has to get through a door. If you, if you're looking at it as like, no, if you're looking for a rule of threes, you're not going to get it. No, you get, I was like, oh, they're calling it back. Awesome. Uh, I cannot wait for the third time this happens to pay to it off. Improv training and I hate uh. it. Yeah, because uh, you only do rule of threes in improv. <laughs> Nowhere else in comedy has Not, anyone come up with the idea. Or writing in general. Uh, <laughs> and then the punchline. Uh, this is uh, a the, the door, the little gate, just like wobbles like it's made of the cheapest <laughs> fucking Halloween yeah. Superstore plastic. I'm like, damn, you can't even you can't even be bothered it to uh, come up with a, a, a metal door. It was like the gravestones in Plan 9 from Outer yes. Space that just tipped over. Yeah. 
mid scene. It was very cheap and I loved it. Now we cut to tomorrow, but before we do, we got two more commercials. Yeah. yeah. Cover girl, Darcy. And I didn't know Darcy was even a name back in 1979. I really thought that was like a recent innovation. I was uh, trying to figure out if this was a, a knockoff Barbie or if it was like just one of her, one of Barbie's friends. It definitely is not one of Barbie's friends because Barbie yeah. is Mattel. Yeah, that's what it is. It's definitely oh, just like Kenner's trying to get Barbie. in on the Barbie game. It looks but it just looked like a, a lot like Barbie. It like it, like, like, like her, she moved a little bit differently. They put they put joints in different places. But face wise, I was like, oh, they're hoping that some cheap family friend gets this instead of the Barbie that that girl asked for for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the second one, you know, this is a thing they still make today. They still on, uh, you know, uh, my kid, Luna, she loves uh, videos. She likes toy videos where you know, there's whole channels where they just play with the toy for like oh, 10 minutes. God. And she loves these videos. And one of them uh, that she watches all the time is a variation of this toy. Uh, Dr. Drill and Phil Play-Doh Teeth. This was, they, this was, I loved this for how horrific it is. It's my horrific. note was, why doesn't this still exist? I didn't realize oh, it, it does. Oh, it still does. And it's just, you, you make Play-Doh teeth and then they have an empty, horrifying mouth with an unhinged jaw <laughs> and you shove the teeth in there. And then you have a little drill and you drill in, you grab the tooth with the drill by drilling into it and you yank out the tooth and make another tooth for him. And that's yeah. the toy that still exists today. Very, very much so. Uh, they they also it. like they have iterations of it. Like like in the nineties, they had crocodile dentist was all the rage. Oh, sure. Uh where you're but pulling not, teeth out, out of the crocodile's yeah, mouth. That's not as creepy as a human mouth that you mold teeth to jam into his head and then yeah. like gouge holes in so that you can jam Play-Doh fillings into. That is a level of creepiness. Yeah, uh, that I'm, I'm here for it. By. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, this is not a toy I would have wanted. It's not a toy that I was, I now saw as an adult and thought, I really want that. This was mostly just me being horrified during the commercial and thinking about all of the, and that made me like it almost even more. <laughs> so Chan, you know what we got to do now? When Gina invites us over for her Christmas party, uh -huh. we got to get one of these yep. and just hide it in her house as so she finds it like three weeks later. <laughs> Just oh my god! With the mouth wide open and with like the mouth the wide open, dry <laughs> and rotting out. I would love that. Are you kidding me? I would love if I found something creepy in my apartment. But to be fair, you know, we still had the plan. I mean, you've moved to your new place now because the old place. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. My, my plan with the old place was to get uh, uh, me and Chan to secretly like take uh, take pictures of our kids uh -huh. and then hide little three by fives just like inside books. I mean, Heather, DVD Heather cases. Woodward beat you to that bit years ago. But I'm she didn't still... do it with pictures of her own kids because we no, know she how did much it with you hate tiny children. headshots that she had. Oh, that's pretty good, too, is, uh, to be fair. Uh, but, to uh, know, I, but the fact I that would... you hate children would make it even more upsetting. And then we started evolving it to children that don't even belong to us. Like it would just be it would be a growing bit. What I do you am... think? I am staring at the Play-Doh Dr. Drill and Phil <laughs> set right now. Oh, boy. And it honestly, I think it looks a little uh, nicer than That's the... Uh, toys have gotten cheaper, thing? just for the record. All the toys from your childhood, they're still making, but the cheapest, shittiest possible version of it. We got a copy of Hungry Hungry Hippos, which, <laughs> as we all know and love, is that big metal fucking hefty thing 
but now it's little tiny pieces of plastic and they barely like fit together and it's awful. Well, it's here's awful. the deal though. Like that game is like eight bucks. Um, yes, and it's like, also very cheap. Yeah, if you get like the metal, they probably still do make like a metal deluxe version. Oh yeah, here we go. It's like 35 bucks. You can do that. Um, that. Cool. I, and when I actually said nice, what I meant was that this new version seems nicer. Like the teeth seem a little bit uh, less grotesque. Oh, okay. Um, well, the, Play-Doh the one, molding technology has come a long way since 1979. Well, no, the ones in the commercial have like like the roots and stuff that you would like jam up into the mouth, and That's this horrible. just has sort of like a like a round pearl kind of tooth. Um, Interesting. So, like, it's taken away some of the horror, which, uh, frankly, I find disappointing. Yeah. Well, Gina, you're getting one, so get ready. I'm ready. <laughs> get ready for that. Uh, cutting back to the show. I still don't fully understand why the witch not going over the moon prevents children from going out trick-or-treating. We can go ahead and talk about it now because the whole climax of this thing happens like she has to do it by midnight of Halloween. So if that's the start of Halloween, aren't the yeah, kids what? already done with their trick-or-treating like hours before and in bed? The yeah, I wasn't clear on this timing. I thought that it w- was it not... All Hallows Eve that she was doing it, which is Halloween it was the night before Halloween. And yeah, now this is the next day, so it is on Halloween proper. Oh. And thank God, in this world, there's only one time zone. <laughs> I mean, well, one that matters. Transylvania is all time zones. Oh, okay. So to be fair, though, midnight in Transylvania is still you know like what oh, six true. p.m. Yeah. You know, four p.m. Uh, on the West Coast. You know, so. Although uh, then I, I don't know how time works. Why why are those kids uh wandering around with a straight up American accent? What are they doing yeah, in Those kids were from America and they just showed up at this house. We'll get to that. That was the weirdest <laughs> part of look, that's the weirdest part of the whole thing to me. It's, I mean, we've already seen no them. justification of it either. We've already seen them because it starts out with uh them watching the uh the news report and yeah. the mom and dad like explaining it's a beloved 2000 year old tradition yeah, yeah and the, and the mom is like painting bruises on the girl's eyes or whatever <laughs> she's doing why do we keep watching halloween specials where they feel obligated to explain to us what halloween is <laughs> well, also weird, like right? also where they include like live action kids with whatever else is going yeah. on that's the part just- that i don't like about these kids shows this is literally three Halloween specials in a row that we've watched where they felt the need to sit down and explain to us what Halloween is. I mean, the Japanese what? cartoon has a legitimate reason for that. I don't I know. Guess. I although, guess, but it's for American audiences. been a real deal thing um, in the U.S. Because I know they were already mass manufacturing those sort of like uh, cheap plastic mask and like a uh, poncho costumes in the 70s. Wow. But I suspect it wasn't a real big deal before the 70s. Interesting. So they might still be trying to, like, um, get the idea into, you know, like, some crazy wackadoos who are still like, oh, Satan. Well, so uh, all five of our monsters go to the witch's house and they try to hypnotize her. And she uses her witch magic Ooh, to bring boy. a picture of the three musketeers 19, to life. Wait, let's talk about the fact that the plan is to roofie her to get her to do <laughs> it, the it thing that vampire wants yeah. her to do. Yeah, back, then, uh, back then this was fine. Very different time. Very yeah, different it's time. totally fine. Yeah, Bill Cosby will tell you it was a different time back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a different she's, time. She's putting on lipstick and we should should discuss what is going on here because um she's go, she's planning for some sort of date situation, right? I mean, like she's, she's obviously Yeah, she to go she out. it comes at the end of the at the end of the episode. Right. Um, yeah. but she doesn't reveal that part of her uh, one of the things that she demands in her opening gambit that comes oh, later. I, yeah. I, I just assume she was always planning on, but she knows it's the hardest sell for mm-hmm. him. She knows that like, all right, take me dancing. You hunk a hunk a vampire man. Well, she does want a disco party to be fair. Yeah. She, she wants a disco, which, uh, which I admire that. I admire the fact that she's like, we're going to get the business out of the way, but I also have a fun demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, the three musketeers come alive uh, and Igor's like their only illusions. And they do a bit where the candlestick or whatever that uh, Dracula was holding gets cut in half. Yeah, this is a good like, bit. They're not really illusions. Uh, let me see. Well, uh, where is that line? Because it's pretty good. Must believe me. They're just illusions. They can't harm me. Okay. Can't do me any harm, huh? Who did that? Termites? <laughs> Termites, yeah. Now I want Nandor to say who did that termites at some point during what we do in the shadows, because that shit would slap for me and no one else. Uh, This is absolutely them like scouring the uh, um, the props department and the costume department. And like she has to do a thing, a magic thing. What can we ever do? Like, eh, we got these three musketeers costumes sitting around here. And it wasn't there like a year and a half ago. They shot this thing. Where we needed a big painting. It's just like shoved into an attic somewhere. Like, just use that. Because it doesn't make any goddamn sense otherwise. That's public domain, right? Yeah. Yep. Great. <laughs> Alexander Dumas's uh, estate isn't going to sue us, right? Okay, let's do this. Perf. Done. And so they, uh, she, the witch escapes again through a door. And all the monsters come back in. And they try a series. She's on the other side of a door. This is the setup we have for this moment. Uh, they need to figure out a way to get to the other side of the door so they can hypnotize and roofie her into ch- climbing over the moon. She does mm-hmm. not want to do that. She has locked herself in her room. Okay. So first off, Igor yeah. suggests Dracula. Yeah, this is, this yeah. is a home invasion. This is literally the stuff that uh, um, uh, those Lifetime movies are made about. Like there's just a woman all alone just trying to make her way in the world. She's a working woman. She's got, you know, like a, a real legit job. She's getting... Uh, uh, jerked around by her boss who's not giving her the proper pay or compensation or, you know, like the respect that she deserves. And what do you do? Just five thugs come in to try and get her to uh, do her job without uh, uh, acceding to any of her demands. It's grotesque. I love it. Yeah. At this point, it becomes Jodie Foster in Panic Room. Right. Which is a surprise, you know. Uh, and Gina loves it, so there we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, Panic Room, I suspect, took a lot from this uh, this Halloween. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a clear one to one remake, uh, yeah. Abvo. Yeah. Um, so the first is the point where the little yes. bat comes in underneath her door. That's the point. It says you could turn into a large bat. Surely you could go into a sm- turn into a small bat and fly under the door. And he's like, I'll give it a try. He goes under the door as a small bat, and she beats the fuck out of him. And he, has I, to yeah, leave. this was hilarious to me. Uh, I, not only was that bit hilarious. But again, Judd Hirsch fucking committing to this bit. Yes. Uh, how he becomes a bat. Here goes. And it's just him, like, just like 
crouching down <laughs> underneath the camera frame. It's just yeah, this I was good with that. It. I'll, I'll, this is this this is there's enough to keep me entertained in this special. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the second idea, they're going to send Igor out on a ledge, and he's going to get like a rope, and he's going to swing in through the open window to her room. But of course, his momentum works against him, so she opens the door, and he just goes through the room back into the hallway again, and she shuts it behind him. And I'm like, you know what? We're two for two. That's fine. That is that is a cartoon gag, just like the uh, the Scooby Doo door thing earlier. Where they're all chasing, and they there's that shot down the hall, and they just go in one door and come out another door. And what's going on here? Like, and if you hate the rule of threes, you will love this because they do not attempt a third one. They do not. <laughs> they do not. Uh, which I'm just like, okay, what's the next one? Oh, we're done. Okay, <laughs> great. Uh, so uh, she says, I give in, and he goes, okay. So you're gonna you're gonna fly over the moon? She's like, no, I've changed my mind. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Great. It's her prerogative. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do okay, what you Bobby want Brown. to do. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. So all of a sudden, and this is the fuck. Well, I don't understand what the fuck's happening. Two children from the <laughs> earlier scene from like America just are here. Nobody explains why they're here. Nobody justifies their presence at all. They're just here. Hey, 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 hey. Do not shit on the magic of Halloween. Because if this happened in a Christmas special, it'd be like, oh, fucking Christmas magic. That's uh-huh. how they showed up. That's how they always show up. Somebody would have no. said it was Christmas magic, though. Somebody would have justified it in even the slightest way. No. Nah. These two kids from earlier are just here in Halloween costume. my shit. Yeah, and they say, oh, witch. To. Which For all you we know, love it's, you. it's the mummy. I mean, you you had monster a monster all the way here from Egypt. You weren't asking how that monster got there. Mm-hmm. He took a flight, and they said he's coming for the meeting. That's all I would have asked for. If one person would have, if Dracula would have said, or Igor would have said, oh, I, I brought some kids in. Let's try that. That's all it takes. Nope. I don't need much. This holiday They're discrimination won't stand for it. <laughs> They're just here. They say, oh, we 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 love you, witch. You're the best. I'm dressed as a witch because of how much I uh, I love you. And the witch goes, that's all I needed. I'm out. She yeah, flies she away. To, she just wants to be appreciated. And I, I dig it. I like the fact that they they made this villain not very, not very villainous. Like you can that's you fine. can relate to her. And then all she wants is for someone to say, hey, I see you and I appreciate you. And she's like, great. I'm going to go back to my job. At but the beginning of this, I was concerned because this had all the earmarks of it's going to be like, like, oh, this bitch, this woman is speaking up and she needs to get slapped down. Um, they're not going to get that gross about it in, you know, like a kid special. But it's one of those things where, you know, like societally, it would be perfectly normal for that to be the story. And sure. if it was uh, done like 15 years earlier, it probably would have been. But the end of this yeah. is that she like, yeah, the, the, she loves that the kids do that. She gives them a little kiss. And mm-hmm. I wrote my notes. This is terrible and sweet. And I love it. <laughs> like the end was really cute. And then she throws in the bit in there. It's like, okay, not you know, like all of these demands, but also you have to take me uh, to a disco like yeah. every like that. And uh, I was like, okay. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm here for her. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. 
the part that I'll remember from this is when she flies away and we cut to a giant window where everybody's looking out the window, watching her go save Halloween. It's a moment of triumph. It's a moment of redemption. And then they pan down to the two children who have no expression on their face whatsoever. (laughs) They're just sitting there, mouths hanging open, not aware they're supposed to be showing any emotion of any kind. They're clearly they're not looking at anything. And this was clearly just the director yelling out, okay. Yeah, wait. And you're watching her. You're watching her. She's flying over. Oh, wow. It's it's amazing. And to them, yeah. amazing and emoting just meant opening their mouths. This Clearly, is he didn't we yell had, at them enough. We, we didn't have green screens and tennis balls. Like, kids didn't understand <laughs> yeah. the technology. So, like, telling them to imagine that, this, like, a CG was going to be in there. They're just like, what the fuck is CG, old man? I yeah, don't know what yeah. Talking about. Kids knew what acting was and just standing there just with no expression at all. Well, the camera hangs on you. It was mostly upsetting. Here's the and thing. It's the image I, I'll never forget. I, I have brought this up before. The thing that uh, my partner can't stand Charlie from uh, Sesame Street. I would have taken she, Charlie here. She does know what uh, acting is. And that's what I think. I think that she's fantastic doing that when the standard for the time was kids just like staring and being like, I, as if that was the be all end all of Stanislavski. Yeah. These, these kids, they just, they're sitting there staring away with more blank expression than Dan Campbell after calling another fourth down failure. No, am no I right? One understand. Oh, no yes. one gets am your I right? references. And I knew we should have bailed on it immediately. No That's one, my you, fault. Should, you should, can we, can we have like a mute over. button for him? Like when they cut the mic at uh, the Academy Awards speeches. Uh, I just, you know what? I'm too old. I don't have the, I don't have the hand speed for that anymore. <laughs> Let's talk about more commercials because we got two more Kenners before we get out of here. Yeah. First one being a doll that you paint the face of like the insane <laughs> clown posse. Yeah. This one is disturbing. <laughs> You're beautiful now that you look like a painted whore. Thank you. That was, oh my gosh, that was my only takeaway is the child has no, this child, this baby mm-hmm. has no makeup and they're like, what a fucking hideous monster. <laughs> oh, now I've painted you up with stars on your face. Now you're beautiful. Look, that was some babies message. choose a more natural approach. Some babies like to watch makeup tutorials on TikTok. Don't shame <laughs> those you. babies. Thank you. <laughs> And the second one uh, was a Stretch Armstrong knockoff. Yeah, for the this, Halloween season. But even cooler Stretch. though, like because because you could see its brain outside of R two D two. This was the coolest <laughs> thing I saw in this. It was Stretch X Ray, who's like a, a a zombie, a monster, an alien. No, you could it's see definitely his an innards. alien. You could see it's his innards alien. because they say you could okay you, uh, this. You can see inside him. This is internal support systems. I, yes. like, <laughs> like, I, I imagine they had like a uh, a human version of this and like, oh, you can see his internal organs. But because it's an alien, it's his internal support system. The fuck? I loved, it. I loved this. I, wa- I actually thought about, can I find this on eBay still? But then I realized if it really is from 1979, you don't want to be stretching that in the year 2022. <laughs> you just break it. You just break it immediately. And if you can't I, stretch it, why have it? You know, I bet there are because like I, I'm sure it is. Like a um, like from the company that made Stretch Armstrong originally. It's gotta uh, be. I'm sure there must be something like that out there right now. Uh, Stretch Armstrong is still a thing. I remember them. I remember them trying to do it again in the '90s. Yeah, yeah. I um, love me some Stretch Armstrong. Was there a cartoon? Uh, put it on the list. <laughs> I don't know, I'm looking for that. 
Uh, and we cut back to the show, and we're here for our Act 3. We're here, Not even Act 3. This is the post-game. Uh, and we get the disco party. She asks for a disco party. She gets a disco party. She turns around and, like, snaps her fingers, does a twirl, and magically she's in disco attire, not as a witch, but as the actress, who's very attractive, but I'm not going to lie. Found her a little hotter as the witch. <laughs> I, you know what? I Nothing. like the fact that she was doing all of her negotiating as the ugly half of her. Like, like this is this is the equivalent of you know, like uh, uh, a a chick going and asking a dude on on a date, but she's like, dre- you know, dressed in an oversized t shirt, no makeup on, hair up in a bun. So and every then girl in the year once he says yes, right? then she's like. MR- Oh yeah, but also I'm hot. I like that she negotiated this date out of him. Is it a date though? No, it's like a friend thing. It's a, a clearly friend a friend thing. Mm, I don't know. You don't inv- you don't have demand that someone invite you to a disco. This is the 70s. Inviting them to disco is not a friend thing. This is yeah, you bring cocaine is. because we're gonna fuck later. <laughs> yeah, no, well, there was he's into be it because he yes. also changes into his Saturday night. I fever love that. Ep- he outfit. does a spin. His cape disappears. And he's wearing the white suit from Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, and he's doing the moves. And now I love Judd too, Hirsch in this. Now they're two hot monsters hotting it up on the dance floor. I will admit, I was sad that this wasn't to the monster mash. Ew. I can't afford that. Please, Gina. There's that. more than one Halloween song. No, that's this the best one, This is a song by Zenobia. But they I... could have... How cool would it have been if they had re-recorded the Monster Mash in a disco style? Um, I would say that that's stupid, except that I clearly recall, because I recorded it on a cassette tape uh, off of the radio, mm-hmm. Bobby Boris mm-hmm. Pickett did a, an updated version in the 80s called The yes. Monster Rap. Yes, where- I also remember that i was not aware of that and i'm kind of sad about that now i mean it's, you could find uh, it it is it is what it is it, it it exists and we have to live with the fact much like uh, many other things we've said on this show it was of its time yes yes <laughs> uh, but i would i would um yeah mm-hmm. i it, it is interesting that he never did bother to make a disco one because it would have sold well fucking if disc if you can sell a disco duck you can sell a disco monster mash. Disco Duck's amazing. That's a great song. And that's the end. We just end on the dance party. Yep. Um, but when we think it's over, we got another giant commercial break, and we got to talk about that. There's some commercials. No longer Kenner sponsored, so it's just, yep. just shit that's going on. And I was shocked because, like, I'm like, okay, there's, like, two minutes to go, and they crank out five commercials. Like, they keep getting shorter until finally, <laughs> like, they're just like, okay, cut the tape here. Yeah. Um. The first one is for an episode of Eight is Enough, uh, featuring uh, was it was that Jerry Van Dyke? Mm, sure, I believe it was, uh, which I loved. Um, and then the second one was uh, uh, I love this because Allegheny Airlines has now become U.S. Air. Everybody, <laughs> uh, how exciting! Yeah, go figure. I need you to know that. And then uh, to me, the highlight of all of them, the Sanka commercial. A, a legitimate commercial for Sanka with a paid celebrity old man spokesperson. <laughs> Robert Young. Robert Young, who I'm not familiar with, but obviously, look at him. He's beautiful. He's a beautiful old man. And he's at a diner drinking Sanka, and a guy who's a fan, apparently, comes up, sits down next to him, and is like, hey, man, you're drinking Sanka. And then, and then Robert Young shames the man for saying, you claim to like Sanka, but you didn't order it at this diner, asshole. Do you even like Sanka? <laughs> and the guy's like, you know what? 
Well played. I'll order a Sanka. You know what? <laughs> this made me look up whether or not Sanka was still a thing, and it's still going strong. It's a thing well, now. now. Yeah. It's a thing now for old people. Yeah. Like, I, it was when I looked it up, it was like, oh, did you want to buy 50 cases of Sanka? And I was like, <laughs> no, that's not why I Googled this. Yes. And you did. <laughs> I did want to buy 50 cases. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I almost bought a little bit of it just to taste it. <laughs> Gina, I mean, next, uh, next, next, uh, next time we do a live thing. We got to you'll drink it all before we do it. That's kind of the trend. <laughs> I have self-control issues. <laughs> <laughs> I still have an unopened bag of these, whatever the fuck they were. Once you open them, they're going to be gone fast because they're good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Sanka. Fourth commercial, Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts of America. Just letting you know, like, you know, if you could just do a little bit, that helps. Volunteer. Good message. Not even, not even like signing your kids up for Girl Scouts. No. Like we need people to like be the leaders. Come help a little bit. Hell. Like you don't even need to, you don't even help a lot. Just a little bit. It adds up. Uh, <laughs> and then finally some, like I couldn't believe this is 1979 because this woman looks straight out of like the late eighties with the giant hair, but Ooh. it was her WMET 95 and a half rock music. Yeah. I love it. And it was basically just look at my boobies. No, radio. I can tell you right now, those commercials that not that commercial, but very similar commercials played all throughout the 1980s in Detroit for WLLZ, Detroit's Wheels. Really? And it was women who looked exactly like that with the boobs out wearing like exercise clothing, mm -hmm. sometimes ripped. And they would just be like, row. And like she'd, she'd make like a she'd make like a rowl like face. And then they yep. put like a tiger rowl underneath her. <laughs> and they'd be like, WLZ, Detroit's Wheels, 98.7. I mean, I definitely remember fucking like uh, uh, like White Snake videos. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, and that sort Same of vibe. thing that was just like, here is a bikini clad woman to music. You don't care what the fucking music is, but you're going to watch this video. And yeah, like 12 year old, he was like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> Give me more of this white wedding. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a great song, though, to be fair. I, um, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Of it the does 80s. not hold up. I don't think the 80s put forth a lot of good music. Can I say that? Mm, no, Whoa. you cannot say that. Oh, what Go the fuck? fuck? I, I think don't it was fuck yourself. Stop and talking and the that, podcast before I get mad. Until Rage Against the Machine came out in ninety, no. uh, I, I just, uh, I just don't. I think it was all corporate. You're an insane person. <laughs> like there was some good music, but it was all corporatized. Did you buy into the story of starships we built this city on rock and roll without realizing how ironic it is that they, the thing they were railing against, was exactly the thing they were putting in front of you at that very moment. I, I said what I said. I think the I think the eighties were a soft Rock spot in music. Roll has sold out. Now everybody's doing terrible pop, but not us. We're doing real rock and roll here. And the best stuff was being done by Michael Jackson, and we're not even allowed to like it anymore. I mean, I still like it, but like, but like, he's problematic. He's problematic, but also he's a hell of a songwriter. So. I mean, it was some of the most amazing music of that era. I mean, like, what are we going to do? Or any era. We could just say thriller. any era. Thriller. You don't have to qualify that. What's wrong I mean, with you? Thriller. It's great. Gina, what's your opinion on Thriller? Love it. Yeah, it's great. 
Yeah, I mean, they're not going to say anything bad about the We built this city on zombie graves. I think I'm just trying to get Gina's goat at this point. <laughs> I've, Robert I've, Young's I've brother lo- I was logged Roger off mentally Moore? 10 minutes ago. So yeah, y'all I can't can believe keep it's only talking, 10. But I'm going to give you another 30 seconds, then my computer's getting shut down. Back up. Back up. Robert Young's brother was Roger effing Moore. It's pretty good. Well, no wonder he's on this show. He's the Frank Stallone of this ad campaign. Well, he played. He was also Marcus Welby on Marcus Welby MD. And if the show is named after you, you know, you got some sway there. I just right, didn't know that. Did a little more than Frank Stallone then. A little bit more. Marcus Welby, that's a famous show. It is. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Anyway, that is Knowing Is Half the Podcast, continuing our theme of Halloween specials that feel obligated to explain what Halloween is to the audience. Never get the old. Halloween that, what was it? The Halloween that almost never was? That almost wasn't. That almost wasn't. You See, I, I don't have it in down. front of me anymore. I've closed my book. I'm just riffing, and that's when all the bad stuff happens. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody, because this is somebody's first time and they love this. and They love this special. They want to hear what we have to say about it. I hope you enjoyed what we had to say about it. We do this a lot. There's a lot of these and you can find them on Patreon at patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast for five dollars a month. Or I don't know, probably less. We don't care. Uh, you can get involved. Go to any. Uh, we do. We try to do it once in a while. We try to do a, a live show while watch an episode with the fans. Hang out. And, uh, and yeah, we got a lot of extra episodes. There's an extra like 150 episodes in the Patreon vault that are not found in our main feed. That is a, what we call in the business, a shit ton of content. And you could probably listen to that if you would like to outside of all the GI Joe stuff. As uh, I guys- am on a one man project yeah, to completely yeah. update all of this stuff. I can tell you that, that there are currently 493 <laughs> files in right. the vault. That's a few videos. And that's it doesn't include the last uh, couple months worth of uh, new episodes. But basically you have each one of those is um, somewhere between 15 minutes and two hours. So there's content aplenty in there for you. All manner of titles, which eventually I'll get around to cataloging so that they can be searched properly. And Um, I I think the Chan's internet uh, uh, venture here is going to bring in some new listeners. uh, And then Gina's going to have the absolute joy of having seven-year-old episodes being quoted at her like they just happened. And it's her her favorite thing in the world. She (laughs) secretly confides. Yeah, she she secretly confides in me and Chan that she's like, man, you know what I love? (laughs) Is when people listen to episodes from like 2016 and then like... And then and then quote tweet me with quotes from the episode like I remember them. That's my favorite thing in the world. I'm TV's Gina Ippolito. It's a direct quote. Uh, Here's the thing. Until the end, it didn't sound like me, but it must be me if someone said I'm TV's Gina Ippolito. So I guess it is me. That's very you. Very on brand. Very on brand. Oh, my gracious. You can go all get on that Patreon. Uh, Go to our website. New website, Chan. Knowing is half the podcast dot com. Look at Chan made it. Chan made it. Your your Patreon support helped Chan make a website. Did it? I haven't been paid back from the Patreon. Listen, listen, your support made the website possible. And let's not talk about who's paying who. (laughs) Is it really important at the end of the day? I say no. Also, a new Cobra Bug toy just appeared on my desk. (laughs) uh, Completely independent of that conversation. Jesus Christ. Don't know how that happened. (laughs) 
My point yeah. I'm trying to make here is you can also check us out on facebook.com slash knowing staff, the podcast, but do check out the new website. Chad is actually doing an excellent job with his website. I say actually like it should be a surprise. Chad is very good at this thing and he's doing it well. And I want to uh, shine a light on it because I know Robert Clark Chan will most likely make this website and then never like never promote it in any way whatsoever. That's no, that. That's the plan. It's tracks. Uh, right? It's going to look like ass, but I so long as we get all of the episodes up, so you know uh, what we've done. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great that he's doing it, and I think everyone should go support it. And thank you very much for that, Robert Clark Chen. Otherwise, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, oh, vampiredetroit.com. Go to that website. That's a good website uh, that I'm very proud of and a show I'm very proud of. And if more people listen to it, it will spur me on to quickly write the rest of season one, a thing I have not been doing. <laughs> <laughs> sorry everybody we might not make our deadline my point i'm trying to make here is at vampire detroit on twitter you can hit us up this show on twitter at gi joe podcast but individually i am at almighty ray at 999 rpms i'm at gina ippy i really thought gina had just closed it down i really thought she just walked away from the computer at that point that pause got me it got me it got me good i'll just be honest about it uh go support all the things um and and you know play video games bye oh my god she's dead hi i'm kevin goatee hey i'm kevin israel we host gutting the sacred cow the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters. You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films.